2: Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and another installment of Bullet Points. This is our midweek catch-up and a chance to share a little bit with you about what's going on behind the scenes of the podcast. And by Jiminy, there's quite a lot at the moment, which I'm very excited about. Can't tell you a lot about it yet, but um, keep, keep tuned, stay tuned, all those things. Now, last week, I tried something new in Bullet Points. I shared with you a clip from a previous episode, as some of you have been asking for these teasers and, well... I tried it and you loved it. I actually had lots of messages from people saying they really enjoyed it and it prompted them to go back and find the episode. In this case, the teaser I shared was with Wim Hof from our conversation back in 2021. And so many of you said that either you hadn't listened to it the first time, so you went and found it, Or you had listened to it the first time, realised you wanted to listen to it again from hearing that teaser and you then went and re-listened. So thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you liked the idea of the teaser. That is or was a listener suggestion. That was you, my most excellent listeners, telling me what you want and need from the show and it worked. So thank you so much to all of you who suggested teasers. And uh, thank you for everyone who went and found the episode, listened again and found it useful. And we'll be doing that again this week in Bullet Points. It's going to be a regular feature. And I will explain the context of this week's clip in just a moment. But I wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who's been in touch about the last interview with Dr. Joanna Silver from Ori on eating disorders. Specifically, what I tried to unpick with Joanna was those eating disorders that, I suppose for want of a better expression, hide in plain sight. The ones that don't fall into a traditional definition of an eating disorder or the framework of an eating disorder that most of us recognise but are nonetheless eating issues that can cause significant distress. And actually over the weekend I had, and on Monday, it's a long weekend here when it went uh, went live, so it was a four-day weekend, so it felt like a very long time. But when the show went live, I started to get emails from people, all of whom saying, "Please don't share. Please keep this anonymous." But so many people saying that it had helped them to take a look at their relationship with food, and really be honest about what they had been dealing with. And I'm certainly not suggesting that everyone has an issue with food. Um, I think a healthy relationship is something to with food is something that's extremely hard to define. But what I'm what I was trying to steer people towards is, as Joanna says in the show, if it's causing you distress then it may be worth chatting to someone about it to find out what's really going on and if there is anything you can do. These eating disorders that affect more people than the ones that you may be more familiar with, like anorexia nervosa and bulimia, they, they, they still affect a lot more people. They actually affect a lot more people than the eating disorders that you may know and recognize. And they may not look like an issue. And this is the thing that I've talked about many, many times. I just thought I was greedy. I didn't realize I had something close to resembling a binge eating disorder until I actually a knew about binge eating disorder and was able to then do a little bit of work and find out about it and it was actually Dr. Rupi Audula who really helped me make that breakthrough when he came on the show because up until then I hadn't realized it was a bigger issue I, I mean even though I'd done the research and I knew that there was an issue there I hadn't realized it was actually a mental illness and that was actually quite helpful to find out but anyway enough about me. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen. Thank you to everyone who took the time to share it. That's so important. More shares, more ears on the show, which is great. And thank you to everybody who has been in touch to say that based on that, they are going to be making uh, positive, positive decisions and progress for their own personal needs. So that's great. Now, I also want to take a moment to thank everyone who took the time to get in touch with the answers to the three questions I posed in the last bullet points episode. And this is really me asking you what you'd like to see more of as a show. I know I'm hinting about it, but I'm trying to make some changes to the show, positive ones, but ones that will mean that we can all move forward together and won't leave anyone behind. And I've had some excellent emails and I'm now having some really great discussions with people, with, with people, with you, my most excellent listeners, about how to evolve the show and I'm just so grateful for all the time and insights that you've taken to email in. So just a reminder of those three questions. If, you, if you'd if you like to get in touch with your thoughts, the three questions are as follows. One, what do you like about the show and would like to see more of? Two, would you watch the podcast as well as listen if the video was available on a video platform? This does not mean video would replace audio, not at all. Some people got confused by that. It would be the podcast as normal, but if you so if you felt like it, you could also watch it. And the third question is, what am I not doing at the moment that you would like me to do? And that really was it. I really just want to get a sense from you about what you want and need so I can continue to create a podcast that's helpful, entertaining, inspiring and informative. Hopefully it's all of those things for you. And all you have to do is email email me with your thoughts to thebeautypodcast at gmail.com and put bullet points in the subject line. Or I did start, I did pose those three questions in the Facebook group. The link to join is in the show notes and you can add your answers. It's pinned to the top of the Facebook group so you can add your answers there. This week's podcast clip It's from my conversation with Chris Voss. Chris Voss is a world-class negotiator and was head of hostage negotiation for the FBI. His book, Never Split the Difference, is a fascinating read. And what he has done since leaving the FBI is transpose his negotiating skills to business. His masterclass on masterclass.com is legitimately one of the best and most useful courses I've ever done. And trust me when I tell you that his techniques work every single time. My email communications have been so much easier since using his skills. And all of my calls to HMRC, that's the UK tax office for overseas listeners who may not know, have been really productive based on his methods too. So that's great. Email is really, email is so significant. And actually since doing his course, I can now hear passive aggressive email so much louder than I used to be able to. I just think there can be this kind of eh, eh, eh tone to emails sometimes, especially in business, where no one really wants to put blame on paper, or it's it's an implied wrongdoing by someone else. And if you just basically, his tip is, I don't want to give too much away. It's just kind of if you've made a mistake, cop to it and move on, and it just uh, neutralizes all those. Conversations, and it's just so interesting just using his techniques and feeling an email change, an email conversation completely change. It's so wonderful. So, I highly recommend you go and look up. I'll put the link to the masterclass in the show notes too. So, this clip features Chris explaining one of the techniques um, in his negotiation program, and this is tactical empathy. And it's one of the core pillars of what he teaches, and it's so, so important. So, it's just a snippet where he just kind of gives a uh, a real look about how that works and how it, how it is beneficial to any kind of negotiation so if you like the sound of tactical empathy and you want to find out what his other techniques are what the techniques are that he uses and teaches then listen to the full episode and i'll put that link in the show notes so here he is again here's a teaser of my conversation with chris boss you can find him on instagram at the fbi negotiator chris boss when he came on the emma gun show So this is what it is, listeners. It sounds like quite subtle shifts, but it can take a while to get the pathways in. So do you mind talking about tactical empathy? Because you kind of uh, alluded to it a second ago. But I know that's a really fundamental pillar of this process of beginning to get yourself into this negotiating mindset.
1: Yeah, um, I'd love to. (laughs) And let's, let's break it down into two words. First of all, empathy. Now, the the negotiator's empathy, whether you're a Harvard Law School negotiator or a hostage negotiator, the real definition of empathy did not include agreement. It did not equate it to sympathy or compassion, which is what it's become synonymous with today. Like if I empathize with you, that means I'm on your side, I agree with you, I'm supportive. Um, The application of it from the negotiator's perspective is just that you understand not that you agree and you demonstrate your understanding that you understand is insufficient it's a first step you have to demonstrate what you understand and you know way back when when i first learned this concept on a suicide hotline they drew it out for us specifically because they said if somebody's in quicksand it does them no good for you to get in the quicksand with them
0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: For you to share their sadness. Doesn't do them any good. It doesn't get them out of that quicksand. So empathy is not agreement, empathy is not. Sympathy is not compassionate. It's a compassionate thing to do for me to demonstrate that I understand you to your perspective, for me to articulate, look, you're uncomfortable with me because of the following reasons, X, Y, Z, whatever they may be. Or what I used to use when I was an FBI agent, you know, we got Muslim witnesses to testify in open civilian court against other Muslims. So how did I earn their trust right away? I knew how they felt about the United States. I knew they felt that the United States has always been anti-Islamic. I didn't know, I never agreed that it was true. I know that's how they feel. I would sit down with them and I'd say, you believe that there's been a succession of American governments for the last 200 years that have been anti-Islamic. And instantly they would be startled in a good way and I would develop trust and it'd be like, yeah. Now, I never said that I agreed or that it was true. And it was actually contrary to my position because here I was representative of a government that was anti Islamic. But I knew as soon as I said their perspective on me, they trusted me. So that's empathy. Now, tactical what's the tactical aspect? We know from neuroscience, the very stuff that we were talking about earlier, human beings are largely negative. So if I start talking with you and I use tools that I know from neuroscience, deactivate negative thinking, then I will eliminate the friction. We were talking earlier about eliminating friction. The fastest way to eliminate a negative is simply call it out and not deny it. You know, the phrase, the elephant in the room. You don't get rid of the elephant in the room by saying there's no elephant. You get rid of the elephant in the room by saying, there's an elephant, and then you shut up. And that's the fastest way to diminish the impact of negativity. There's neuroscience experiment after experiment that shows that works. It has an impact in diminishing the negative every single time. Now, the degree of impact changes, but the science, hard science, which is neuroscience, says it diminishes it every time. And that's a tactical aspect. If I know that your thinking is going to be most clouded by negativity, and I can call that negativity out, that eliminates a friction. And so that's a tactical aspect of tactical empathy.
2: Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Evergun Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely if you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode it's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show and i'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one if you want to get in touch with me email me at thebeautypodcast@gmail.com. gmail.com i would love to hear from you or you can dm me on instagram and twitter where i am at emma guns if you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast then click the link to join the facebook forum the The link to join is in the show notes which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode you have to answer a couple of questions but we cannot wait to see you there come over and join the conversation thank you so much for listening i will see you on the next one